Hey, everybody. This is Christine. Today, we're going to continue with our saga of the Texas Killing Fields with another victim. And police have zeroed in on a suspect that may have been under their noses the whole time. And hey, everybody, this is John. And I'm going to get into the mysterious disappearance of Jack Ma and several other recent disappearances by Chinese billionaires. Mm. I think the lesson will be don't piss off the Communist Party. From time to time, during the How Did We Miss That podcast, we may talk about details of crimes that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is highly advised. So we are back. We're going to get right into it. We're getting close to the end. Not quite there just yet. I'm almost there. This is a really long story. I was really enjoying this. I know. I'm going to miss it. I've got maybe one or two more and then I'm done. Okay. All right. But we're going to get right back into September of 1974, where law enforcement have begun their search for two more missing girls. These are 12-year-old Brooks Bracewell and 14-year-old Georgia Gear, And they basically didn't show up for their junior high school that day and were reported missing just a few hours prior to police beginning their search. Now, as we've heard many, many times before, police initially believe that the girls are just runaways. They had received reports that the girls were seen at a motel with a group of unidentified men. Later, they were seen hitchhiking and also at a U-Totem convenience store off of FM 517 and I-45. Either way, they didn't seem to be in any distress. So the witnesses just kind of brushed it off and didn't really worry about it. Nobody would actually find out what happened to them until April 18th of 1976, when a man working at a nearby oil field happened upon two skulls although they would not be identified as belonging to the girls until a new detective took on the case in 1981. Just two skulls, nothing else, huh? No, just the skulls of the girls. Hey, can I have a question real quick? You can have a question, yes. (laughs) May I ask a question? Sure. What are we up to now, body count-wise? Are you going to cover that in the end? Because I lost count. So I believe with these two girls, it's nine at the moment. Nine. Nine times. Nine. Nine. Okay. Yes. All right. So I actually want to take a brief break from our story. I know we just started it, but I'm going to take a little break really quick. And I'm going to transport you back in time. Back in time. To 1975. So we kind of, you know, bumped ahead a little bit. Yeah. But we're going to rewind back to 1975. Okay. And this was actually a really big year for law enforcement, as this was the year that the initial arrest of a little old, you know, unknown man named Theodore Robert Bundy was initially arrested for aggravated assault among a slew of other things, of course. Well, he was actually recaptured and jailed for good. Not until 1978, actually. He sounds so like professional when you say Theodore Theodore. Robert Bundy. Theodore. Sounds like he could be president of the United States. or something. Yeah. So we all obviously know him as Mr. Ted Bundy. Ted. 
It was his murder of over 30 women across seven different states that put the word serial killer on the lips of America. Because of this, the police in Texas are now thinking they may be dealing with exactly that. They're also realizing that possibly someone other than the unfortunate Michael Self that we talked about in the last episode could be responsible because, you know, he's behind bars. Innocent. I don't know. Either one of those things. So the area is given a slight rest for a little over a year with no other disappearances or bodies being found. But that was not going to last, as I'm sure you guessed. On May 21st of 1977, Susan Bowers left her grandparents home to ride the two blocks to her house. She was going to change into a bathing suit and then ride her bike three miles to Stewart Beach. When I think three miles, it's like, <laughs> seems like a long way to ride a bike, but I guess maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Like as adults, just going on a three mile ride to the beach seems kind of uh, inconvenient. But I'm trying when to I was think of kid, like, what's three miles from me? Like from here, like the grocery oh, store, I guess. Uh, Yeah. It's probably about three. I mean, I guess it's not that big of a bike ride. Yeah. And we used know. to run three miles, but I mean, That's I think true. that. When you, when you think of it now as an adult, like I said, it seems inconvenient. When I was a kid, I probably rode 30 miles in a day and didn't think anything of it. Yeah. And cyclists go out on their Saturday ride and ride for like 100 miles. Easy. All That's the time. true. Yeah, you're right. So I think, yeah, it's not as bad as it sounds. All right. Okay. Well, after having a great day with her friends, she decided to begin the walk home. A walk she would never return from. For almost two years, the family was left wondering what happened to her. In fact, she actually had asked her grandfather to give her a ride home that day, and he refused, saying that she could probably use the exercise and that it would have been good for her. And I can't even imagine how he probably felt. Probably felt really bad. Yeah, I mean, he made the the fat jab there as well. As well, I don't know if he was saying fat. I think he was just saying it's good for kids to exercise. I guess. Still kind of mean if that's your but last I just, words. I know. <laughs> Can I you just, imagine? Sure, he felt terrible. I did actually read... That his wife said his last words before he passed away were her name. Yeah, it was haunting him. Ugh, awful. Yeah, I can, I can, I feel that. Yeah. Anyway, two years later, two boys were riding dirt bikes in a field not very far from where Colette was found. Do you remember Colette was our first victim that I spoke about in episodes ago when this began? Anyway, well, they stumble upon Susan's remains. So we now have reached the end of our terrible trip into the 1970s. And I want to discuss a suspect with you. I think there was a lot of people on terrible trips in the 70s, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> well, ours was no different. Yeah. So when we come back to our victims, we're going to be in the 80s. So. All right. But I want to spend some time on this particular suspect with you today. This guy was actually not added to the list until many years later in 2006. Oh, that's quite a while. Yes. Detective Fred Page began combing through the details of some of the killing field's cold cases. He had asked one of the original detectives on the case if she had any suspects that she felt really strongly about, or maybe that she had really felt like had done it, but maybe just couldn't get enough on the person. And she mentioned a guy who had written a confession to some of the murders while he was in prison for other crimes. They had lost interest in him initially because when detectives met with him to try and follow up on this information, he refused to talk to them about it. 
So we're going to take a look at his confessions here. He said that he had killed teenagers Debbie Ackerman and Rhonda Johnson by shooting them in the back with a 357 Magnum pistol while he was standing above them on a small bridge. So if you remember, Debbie and Rhonda were the ones that went to the water ski school, were seen hitchhiking, and were picked up in that white van. Do you remember them? I do. And I think you said before they were shot in the back. Right. Exactly. And as you say, this actually does fit with the investigators found. And these details were actually ones that they had withheld from the press. So that's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. that he knew about this. So who is this guy? Yeah. Edward Bell was born in Houston in 1940. And he actually died pretty recently in 2019, in April of 2019, in jail. Uh, I think they said a heart attack. Mm. Ed was exposed to some violence at a young age when his cousin killed his own father because he was being cruel to his mother. He married a woman named Bonnie. They had three kids. And then he graduated from Texas A&M. I had read that he majored in physical education and biology. Kind of a weird thing to major in, but whatever. He goes on to work for pharmaceutical companies as like a rep, I guess. I don't know. Like you do with a PE degree. I guess. Yeah. yeah I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Starting in 1966, he began getting arrested for indecent exposure of minors. Oh, boy. Yeah. After his first arrest, he was ordered to stay at a state psychiatric hospital. And then that ends up being like a long string of arrests. What's indecent exposure of a minor? Is that like having your kid, you know, pee by the side of the road? Or is it like no, no, child no. porn? He, Exposed himself to. Oh, okay. Gotcha. To the minors. I heard that wrong. It sounds wrong. It does, But that's how it was stated, and so that's how I said it. It's almost like you're carrying around a bag full of minors and exposing them. Right. (laughs) Yes. So it confused me. It is very confusing. The law speak gets me every time. Yeah. Well, to try to be all old-timey and official. I know. It's hard to follow sometimes. Basically, he whipped it out in front of little kiddos. Gotcha. Yes. That was graphic. Thank you. My simple mind understands that. Hey. Whip it out. Just saying it. I love it. Okay. Anyway, so like I said, the stay at the psychiatric hospital did not help. And he was arrested again after being caught exposing himself to young girls in 1969 in Lubbock, Texas. This is where he... Oh, God. Sorry. I was just going to say, I feel like I hear more about psychiatric hospitals not helping than helping. Like people escape or they end up doing it again. Right. Mental illness is just so bad all the time, everywhere for since the beginning of time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really is. And in this particular case, you'll see that it just absolutely did nothing for this person whatsoever. It was not helpful, except maybe getting him off of the streets for that short period of time that he was there. Didn't really help. Right. But nine times out of 10, they just release them back out into society. Exactly. With no rehabilitation or anything. Well, and then what I think people fail to realize is that people that are true psychopaths or sociopaths are really good at hiding what's going on. Yeah, exactly. So he can probably show like, hey, I'm better. I'm great. Everything's super duper. Um, And is really good at acting. And that's how he gets out there. Well, they should do it. Like the old days, like the Danvers State Hospital and just kill people while they're in there. We should do an episode on that. Yeah. Since it's right down the street. 
That would be pretty cool. It would be. We could go drive and do it in the car in front Ooh, of the yeah. State Hospital. We'd have to make sure the kids shut up. But yeah, we could figure they, that out. We oh, should do that. Yeah, I was going to say they don't have to come, but they do have to come because they they're little. Yeah. Damn kids. That's frowned upon. Yeah. Well, okay. So back to Mr. Bell. This actually, this part of our story is where he gets introduced to the area of the killing fields. He was ordered to undergo psychiatric counseling in Galveston at the University of Texas Psychiatric Program. He was medicated, and again, he was discharged in 1970. So remember that our killings start beginning in 1971? Okay, just jogging your memory there. I'll put a pin in that. Put a pin in that year. Yes. He then went into a partnership with a man who owned a surf shop. So somehow he was able to procure... All kinds of scuba diving gear. I, Lord knows how, but he did. So At he, a surf shop? No, 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 no. Oh. I, he had it. Okay. So then he goes into a business with this guy who's got a surf shop renting his scuba gear. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So it it's this partnership where he rents out the materials he has in this space, I guess. Yes, I, got, I understand. Okay. Yeah. Well, coincidentally, this shop... Happens to be one that Debbie, Rhonda, and many of our other victims used to visit often. So now, do you remember that white van I told you about? Debbie and Rhonda had gotten into after eating at the Baskin Robbins? I do. The one with the peace sign on the back. We'll get this. In February of 1972, Bell was picked up again after exposing himself again to another little girl in Louisiana. And the arresting officer recorded the type of vehicle he was driving that day. And do you want to take a guess what it was? A uh, black Chevy sedan. No. Ah, dang. It was a 1971 white Ford van. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, exposing yourself to minors and white Ford vans kind of synonymous with one another. Yeah. So just so we can put the nail in the coffin, one of Debbie's friends had told Detective Page in an interview that she and Debbie and their friends had actually taken diving lessons and spent time at the home that Ed lived in at the time. So he knew them. He met them. Took them into his home. Knowing his proclivity for little tiny children, I'm sure he had his sights set on them. Remember, they're 13 and 14. Yep. Oi. They fit his, his type, his profile. Right. Yep. So like we always say on the show, but wait. There's more. There's more. Two weeks after Colette's disappearance, a local teenager was sunbathing at her home when she felt like someone was watching her. When she looked up, there was a strange man masturbating above her. That is not something I ever want to look up to, to find. Or down. Or, or down, I guess, or any any which way. I don't want, ever. yeah. No, thank you. Strange men masturbating. Masturbating. Masturbating anywhere in your vicinity. Nowhere near me. No, not good. She later identified him as Ed Bell after being shown pictures. A few weeks later in the Pasadena area, this is Pasadena, Texas, not California. He was caught masturbating in front of a group of children. A man confronted him and Bell takes out his pistol and shoots him four times in the chest miraculously i don't know how he's still alive the guy that got shot he's able to run to his house tells his mom to call the police bell walks over to them with a rifle pulls the trigger and kills him crazy 
After a police chase ensues, authorities finally get him into custody, though he's able to get out on bail. How do you do that what? after killing someone? Yeah. I mean, the mom positively identified him as the man who killed her son, and yet he's still, I don't know, his lawyer must have just been amazing. Yeah, well. Obviously no Dewey yeah. Meadows. No Dewey Meadows. <laughs> and he has, I mean, is it because he's a nut job? Is that how he got out? I have no idea. But his lawyer is able to post bond, get him out of jail. And after this, he disappears for 14 years. Wow. Yes. He liquidates all his assets, disappears. You want to know something funny? I do. It's really interesting. Yeah. The man who was shot is played by none other than Matthew McConaughey, my favorite actor in the world. Yeah, so deep. Except not. Yeah. In his first ever acting role on a 1992 episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh. It wasn't a speaking role, though. So <laughs> That's probably his best role ever. I'm sure it's the best. <laughs> That's the thing I like the least about him. He's decent enough looking and can do the acting thing okay, but when he speaks, it bothers me. Yeah, I just don't like him. <laughs> Well, anyway, that episode actually led to a ton of tips coming down and led them to Panama City, where Belle had been living under an alias. So that, my friends, is how Matthew McConaughey caught Ed Bell. Just kidding. Well, thanks, Matt. But not really. All right, all right, all right. You know, isn't that great? Way to go, It's a good bud. story. The it is. end. Yeah. Texas Killing Fields solved. Put that in a Lincoln commercial. I know, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Anyway. So... After all of these tips that came in after Matthew McConaughey's stellar performance, he was finally caught and tried for the murder of Matthew. Ma I mean, sorry, Andrew Dickinson. <laughs> Wishful thinking. I know, right? <laughs> sorry, we <laughs> sorry, should. Sorry, we should not say we that. We do That's not want to murder terrible. Matthew McConaughey. We do not, want, we to do not want to. Please don't cancel us. Don't send anyone after us. We're not stalking him. Greatest actor of all time, Matthew McConaughey. Right. Why do you say McConaughey? I say McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey? Matthew McConaughey? I, I thought know. it was Matthew McConaughey. I say McConaughey. McConaughey? McConaughey? McConaughey, McConaughey, tomato, tomato. Nobody whatever. cares. Yeah, nobody really cares. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this was 1993 that he was sentenced to life in prison. Five years later, he wrote the letters claiming fault in the murders of Debbie and Rhonda, as well as 11 other Texas teenagers. He named them the 11 in heaven. Is that the sweetest thing you've ever heard? Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a band, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Because he was already sentenced to life and his confession had some inconsistencies, he was not put on trial again. In his list of the 11, he left out Brenda Jones, but he did include Colette, Maria, Debbie, Sharon, and Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. But he also included that he was part of a government conspiracy that led to the deaths of these girls. Why do you spur this on me in the middle of the show? You know. I do the conspiracies. Well, is, I could have looked into this. This is a little crazy. They're they're all crazy. Um, he basically said that he was put in this thing that he calls the program, wherein the government found a good person in Huge quotes. I'm quoting at the moment, but you can't see me. Yeah, big, big air quotes. Big, big air quotes. Finds a good person and turns them bad so that the good person can then come back and tell them why people do bad things. Uh, that is inventive. I like that. Yes. So this is what he believes. I like the theories where you really try, like you put a good backstory. Really, That's a good one. I mean, he I'm into did. that. He tried. 
Man, Eddie Bell, smart, smart guy. Well, I told you he wouldn't discuss the murders after his confessions, but he did talk about the conspiracy to anybody that would listen. Sounds about right. He said that if he believed he told about the killings, he could expose the program and get out of jail. For the majority of these initial killings in the 1970s, he is the best suspect that law enforcement has been able to find. Someday we may be able to do some work with genetics to officially pin these on him. But who knows? Just hoping that maybe someday they can get some closure for those poor families that have been going for years and years and years with no answers to what happened to their girls. It's crazy. We know what happened to the girls. I mean, well, we know what happened to them. Dead. But we don't know who and we don't know why and we don't know how. Well, yeah. I mean, you guys kind of know how, but. Pop quiz. Okay. If this happened to you, would you want to know or is just yeah. Why? Well, if I was a parent that still hasn't found their child, I definitely want to know. Oh, for sure. But if you if the body's been found, they're dead, they were shot in the back. Yeah, I want to know. Whatever. I want closure. I want to know who did it and get, have them get punished. And yeah, I don't want to think that the person who hurt my child or my brother or my sister or sister, I guess, in these cases. Yeah. Um, is out there just like living a free life. Okay. Right? I got I mean, you. Yeah. crazy? Yeah, I just, I, I always wondered about that. I mean, it, thank goodness it's never happened to me, so I haven't had to worry about it, but I always wondered, like, are people just trying to, like, rub salt in the wound like we want to know or just... Well, I mean, and I don't truly necessarily... Bring mental closure to you? Yeah, well, I don't necessarily want, um, like, them dead or anything. I'm not like, oh, kill them because they killed my sister, daughter friend whatever but i i don't want to think that those people would have gotten away with it yeah you know i do yeah yeah so i'm hoping that i can i mean we've got a lot more bodies to go we've got about like 20 more bodies to go <laughs> but i'm hoping we'll wrap it up there's 20 bodies to go i thought you were done no how many more parts is this probably one or two <laughs> It's okay. I'm enjoying it. But I could have sworn you said at the beginning that... No, I said we're getting close. Oh. You didn't hear me properly. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sorry. You weren't paying attention. I was. I just... I, I don't know. I guess I uh, misunderstood. No, I said we're getting close. We're going to wrap it up really soon, is wrap what I said. Wrap it up. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, that I feel like you could have added more to this chunk. So I feel like I could have added more to this story, but I thought this whole Ed Bell situation needed its own. I don't know. I feel really strongly about this guy. I do too. Yeah. He's your best lead yet. I feel like he definitely has something to do or knows something about yeah. it. And so I wanted to give him his own uh, yeah. little space, but we did talk about Susan. We did. I she feel was another, uh, another victim. I keep hearing the name Ted Bell. When you say Ed Bell, who of course is owner of Ted's of Beverly Hills. Steakhouse. Oh, <laughs> oh Okay. <laughs> <laughs> isn't he friends with bobby dooley uh yeah he is friends with bobby dooley and many yeah. others and his slogan is he likes to put his meat in your mouth so oh. well may, maybe that sounds a, a lot like ed Bell. <laughs> sounds like something that good old ed probably would have said since he couldn't keep his meat anywhere except out of his pants yeah <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> for all of our listeners that don't know what we're talking about just uh google ted's of beverly hills <laughs> Dead Bell. And you'll go down a rabbit hole of comedy gold. Okay. Such good stuff. (laughs) Was it my turn? Sure. Tag your it. Oh, China. 
our best buddy oh, these days. China. So China is a communist country. I think we all knew that. It's also some nice dishes. Dish? Oh, yes. And Very food. expensive plates you never use. They just sit in the in the thing. Right. Um, yeah, and delicious food. Although mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that I've ever had actual Chinese food. We've had American Chinese food, which is garlicky and buttery and delicious. Mm. I wonder if real Chinese food, which, by the way, if you're there, it's just called food. I wonder <laughs> if it's anywhere the same or if it's like super traditional and weird. Like, yeah, I wonder I if we wouldn't like it. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Good thought. Continue. Well, anyway, China is known for kind of controlling its social media. Right. Cable TV, all that stuff. I When... I had some friends go over there to help open one of the Disney parks in Shanghai and they couldn't, they had to do all this weird stuff to like post on Facebook and communicate with home because everything gets filtered through the government. Interesting. Well, apparently if you say anything bad about China, so hopefully they're not listening to us because we might get kidnapped or shut down. Although we live in America, so maybe we'll be okay. But apparently if you say anything bad about China or its government, poof, gone. Poof, be gone with you. And- Some people gone forever, but others just gone temporarily. They did show up. The person I'm going to speak about first, Jack Ma, Mm -hmm. he actually returned just like two days ago. So I heard about him missing about a week ago through social media. I've never heard of him before. And so I said, oh, this is a good thing I should cover on the show. Did some research the other day, looked him up again tonight, and he's back. He's back. Welcome back, Jack Ma. Well, he's not back. He's at least alive. And he's posting public messages once again. But he hadn't been seen in public since October 24th. Oh, my gosh. And what makes the the story kind of really weird is that he um, is a judge on a show that he created, a talent show. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't show up to one of the episodes. And so everybody's like, where the hell's Jack Ma? His talent show is called... Africa's business heroes. I, I don't know what that's, that's all about. Talent, I guess. Yeah, I don't, that's what it says here. Interesting. It's, uh, it's a talent show. Is that like the Chinese translation? Uh, like, did the girl that does the Google Translate videos <laughs> do a translation of that? I, I don't know. Maybe it's like America's Got Talent, but it's Africa's Got Talent. No, it's Africa's it Got Business. business. <laughs> <laughs> do they? That should be I, the the uh, their slogan. Africa's got business. <laughs> Let's give them the business. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he didn't show up, which made this whole thing really kind of strange. But like I said, he had not appeared publicly since October twenty fourth, and I don't, I don't think you really realize who this guy is. He's like the I Jeff Bezos honestly. of China. Do you know who Jeff Bezos is? Yes, you do. No, I don't. He's like the commander in chief, inventor, or whatever of Amazon. Oh, he, okay. I know he was the on. richest man in the world until right. recently when um, Elon yeah. Musk passed him. Got it. Anyway, this is like China's version of him. Okay. He owns a couple tech companies, big time tech companies, and he has this game show or whatever, African Business Heroes. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> a cool like action figure line. <laughs> African Business Hero. <laughs> Oh they boy, have like here little, we go. little briefcases. Yeah. And <laughs> you can like remove their tie and their. Yeah, they like open their briefcase and there's a bunch of weapons in it. To like, yeah. When they throw it down and rip the coat off. Yeah. Save the day. <laughs> Love it. Africa's business here as well. Yeah, we have to look that up and find out how that's a talent show. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, back on October 24th, he was seen publicly criticizing Chinese regulators for creating a hostile atmosphere for entrepreneurship and innovation, comparing the lending practices in China to pawn shop mentality. Ma remarked that Chinese finance has no system. Within a month, he had to face the brunt of the Communist Party of China, which not only pulled the plug on his financial giant company, it's called ANT, it's like a philanthropic company, and their upcoming $37 billion IPO on November 3rd, 2020. They pulled the plug on all that, and they also increased the intensity of antitrust investigations against his company, which is called Alibaba. Alibaba. And the 40 Thieves. No, it's not. Every single one of those 40 thieves. <laughs> Just Alibaba. Are you looking up African business heroes? I am. What do you got? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I can't focus until the you. The Africa Netrepreneur Prize Initiative on Monday unveiled the top 10 finalists of the second annual Africa's Business Heroes, a competition organized by V. Jack Ma Foundation to identify and recognize the continent's top entrepreneurs. Oh, is this like um The Apprentice kind of? Yeah. Sort what, of? No, what's the, it's not The Apprentice. There was another one. Oh, dang it. We never watched them. Supermarket sweep? No. That is... <laughs> no. Although that's back. Did you know that? Yeah, and there's another... Sky Fieri. No, it's not back. He does a thing called does, Guy's Grocery Games, yeah, which is completely like, different. I thought it was just like... Yeah, no, no. You're I not just trying way to... way off. Let's get back get on our good train. deals on groceries. You go to the store, get the groceries, and then you have to cook the stuff. Oh. It's like a chef twist on... That's supermarket cool. sweep yeah i kind of like that <laughs> we are way off the rails what are we talking about i don't even know this is okay, like our other on. show back to jack ma back to jack ma all of this was reportedly being done at the behest of xi jinping i'm gonna mess all these up just disclaimer to everyone what reaffirms this claim like i said uh, or i'm sorry what reaffirms this claim is the continuous censorship and information related to ma and alibaba by the government's propaganda department forcing the media to publish only the official statements. It is difficult to decipher the facts since most of China's most prominent newspapers are state-run. So we saw that during the coronavirus. We were getting fake numbers at first. Yes. Or at least reported to be fake numbers because everything's state-run. And of course they don't want to tell you that, you know, millions of people are dying over there or or that it, it was really bad. So the data coming out of there, I think that's kind of what led to, among many other things, the USA kind of being like, meh, no big deal at first. <laughs> Turns out that wasn't yeah. really the case with the uh, the old corona. So censorship's a big deal right now as well. I'm sure you've seen all over social media some of the right-wing stuff being censored. Social media itself is really kind of censor-happy lately. If you yes. put one wrong word in there, they shut you down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, China's very much like that. And it's it's kind of ironic because these social media billionaires in America – they're all democratic. A lot of people say the Democrats are very much like communists. So I'm getting my, my spidey sense is tingling here about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, watch out out there, everybody here in America. By the way, I forgot to mention this all came out of an article that was dated on the 16th of January 2021 from the Express Tribune. Now I'm going to get into some stuff out of Forbes, which was published on January 7th of 2021. The author in this article went on to list that this is not a new thing. This is not an isolated incident with Jack Ma. What, that he's disappeared many times? No. Other billionaires like him have disappeared. What? When they have spoken out or done something to disrupt the Chinese government. How are we missing billionaires disappearing? Well, they're Chinese billionaires, so that might be part of it. I mean, when it comes to my overall knowledge of China, it's 
COVID and food. Yes. Pretty narrow-minded there. So I don't really pay attention to the Chinese business circles. I probably should. It's kind of important. But I don't. I was just trying to think of other things I know about China. But my <laughs> list is really small. Mulan? Mulan. Yeah. The Great Wall. The Red Flag. There's two Disney theme parks over there. I know about I the, knew about communism. I did too. All the things I know about it from Red Scarf Girl. From the author Zheng Zhili. Okay. Never heard of it. I do enjoy some Mongolian beef, and I know there's like Mongolia there. Right. We sound really stupid right now. We do, really. We should probably stop. <laughs> yeah, we should. Anyway, moving on. All right. So Andrew Nathan, who is a Columbia University professor, was quoted in this article saying, The big picture seems to be that Ma got too big for his britches, both independent speech as well as an actual financial power. Two things the Chinese do not like whatsoever. So whether he was detained or voluntarily laying low, either one is a version of the party reasserting its absolute power. So like I said, he just showed up recently on a videotaped message to 100 school teachers in rural China because his foundation, the Ant One A-N-T, does like philanthropic things for schools. And so he was in a recorded message. Everyone was, huzzah, he's back, he's alive. And he claims... Well, his foundation claims he has not been available for comment himself, but he his foundation has said that he was just laying low. They just kind of left it at that. So the tinfoil hat wearing people like myself, I guess, since I do that part of the show are saying, well, were you, were you laying low by choice? Were you forced to lay low? Are you in Is it an, a twin? I don't know. Have you been detained? All these things are swirling. Like, are you? being held somewhere and being forced to put this message out so people think you're still alive. I think they found a doppelganger. All this stuff. So um, I think they replaced him. It's pretty creepy or maybe over it's there. like a Stepford Wives thing where they replaced him with some crazy robot. Maybe. Like I said, Ma's absence from the public sphere is part of a larger pattern. In recent years, at least a half dozen other billionaires and wealthy businessmen have vanished from public life for a period of time after running afoul of the Chinese Communist Party. Mm. I think the real lesson here is don't mess with the Communist Party in yeah. China or otherwise. In December 2015, reports emerged that Gu- Guo Gongcheng, wow, that, I'm butchering sure. this, founder and chairman of investment conglomerate Fosun International had gone missing. Social media posts claimed that witnesses saw Guo, how would you say G-U-O? Guo? Yeah being taken away by the police at Shanghai's airport, often called China's Warren Buffett. Do you know who he is? Yes. Who is he? I've heard the name, but I'm not sure what he did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you don't don't really know? I mean, I've heard of him. I don't know him. Or is it Warren Buffet? No, it's Buffett. Okay. (laughs) You never know. All I know is, yeah. Anyway, he's rich. Business rich. This was the China version of Warren Buffett. Guo built his Hong Kong listed firm into a $115 billion giant with investments across Asia, Europe, and North America. The firm temporarily suspended trading of its stock after news broke and said that Guo was assisting judiciary authorities with unnamed investigations. Guo later returned to the company and no other explanation was given, though his disappearance came amid a corruption crackdown campaign from President Jinping initiated after he rose to power in 2012. He currently has a net worth of $7.5 billion and still chairs that company, but he just vanished for a while. 
and then reappeared. And what I gathered from my research, I'm not going to read these other ones. They're similar cases. But after they reappeared, they were kind of quiet, subdued. Hmm. So something's going on where the Chinese government's taking them. They're switching. I mean, that's crazy. That's some real crazy conspiracy there. We got to start checking birthmarks, dental (laughs) records. I want to see. Now you're just talking crazy talk. I don't know. Could be. I'll just close with Aaron Friedberg, a politics and international affairs professor at Princeton University, says that the treatment of Jack Ma, Zen Ren, sorry, Ren Jiquang and Zhao Jihua, those I did not cover, but similar situations, like I said, all point to the government's attempt to remove any challenge to its power. He quoted here saying, concentrations of great wealth, especially in the hands of private business executives, as opposed to state-owned enterprises, enable the exertion of influence and are therefore a potential threat to the party. Yeah. So there you have it. If you choose to go to China to do your bidding and make your wealth, be prepared to disappear. Or just be quiet. Well, you can't be quiet, right? I mean, part of it was them speaking out, but other parts of it, like I just read from mm, that professor, that's true. they don't want you to get too powerful because then you, with power comes influence and right. you may be able to convince people with your power that, you know, just like I said, look at the social media and all the rich people in America. They have tons of influence over us and what we believe Truth. and what we see and do. Crazy. Crazy times, man. Yeah. So, uh, fie on the communists. Okay. Don't become rich in China. No. And if you do become rich, lay low, keep your mouth shut. Love it. That's all Great I got for advice. you. All right. All right. Hey, cheers to Jack Ma. He's home. Thank goodness. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. <laughs> if he is himself. That's right. Interesting. Maybe he's Mac Jaw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Well, if you would like any more information or pictures on these cases, please be sure to follow us on social media at How Did We Miss That? Please rate and review. Tell your friends all about us. Please. I beg you. Yes, please follow Ush. Ush. Did I say Ush? You did say Ush. Follow us. 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 (laughs) On the social media. And How Did We Miss That? Right. I just said that. You did. (laughs) Uh, But I'm correcting it because you messed it up. Okay. Right. Anyway, anyway, I want to give a shout out to our theme composition from Audio Anywhere Productions. You can find them at audioanywhereproductions.com. And until next week, keep your head up and look out for each other. Bye.